So welcome to our Early Years Mental Health podcast. I'm really excited today to be joined by Rachel Cannon and Francesca Evans. Both work for Monkey Puzzle Day Nurseries. Uh, Monkey Puzzle are a franchise across the United Kingdom and they both work for the same owner within settings in London. So welcome, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for joining us. So Rachel is the manager at Highbury Day Nursery in London and alongside her busy role, she's completing a um, early years leadership and management degree as well. So lovely to have you here with us today. Thank you, Case. And we are joined by Francesca Evans, who is the manager of Angel Day Nursery in London as well. And uh, Francesca's worked alongside Rachel for around three years now and manages the Angel, Angel Day Nursery, as I said. So because they're owned by the same owner, um, they both work really closely together, which is lovely. And um, it's lovely to have you here, Francesca. Well, thank you for inviting us. No, it's my pleasure. So we met each other I don't even know when it was now some point a while ago I came to Monkey Puzzle in was it Islington or have I just no, it was Finchley in Finchley thanks and <laughs> and I delivered the two-day mental health first aid England course and we met there and I was really we, over the two-day course you know it's obviously quite an intense course and we have lots of different discussions and reflect upon different things. And throughout those two days, we really um, were able to chat through the different ways in which you support your team. And when I met you, I kind of said, oh gosh, I think it'd be really interesting for other people, especially other early years managers and practitioners to kind of hear the work that you're doing, which is why um, I'm excited to invite you um, and talk with you today. So we are recording this podcast during lockdown. We are in week eight. <laughs> I know so how are you feeling at the moment Francesca yeah it's been a, a strange time it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster for us all I don't think anyone could prepare for this situation so yeah the beginning it was a bit like oh my gosh how am I gonna cope but then yeah you do cope and you get through and now we're yeah eight weeks in it doesn't feel like eight weeks it feels like yesterday that we closed but yeah I'm feeling really good like on a personal level which I think is going to be great at being able to go back because uh, yeah, I'm at a good level of how I feel in myself so I should be able to go back and support everyone but there's still that level of anxiety about going back and what the world has to hold for us I guess. Absolutely so how have you been um, taking care of yourself in lockdown what's that look like for you so you're both furloughed at the moment you've been furloughed yes. <laughs> yeah we've been furloughed um since the start basically we did one one and a half days but then we realized that we didn't have enough you know children to to open so our yeah our owners like we said they they had they made the decision to close so that meant that Rachel and I had to leave our desks behind and <laughs> <laughs> the life that we knew um the chaos that is being a nursery manager and go and sit at home it was a bit of a strange feeling at the start but um yeah I've been doing a lot of soul searching and yeah spending a lot of time on myself um just trying to make sure like I know what I want out of my life and especially during this time it gives you time to think about those things um I've been 
exercising a lot. Um, I've been reading a lot and I've also been writing a lot because writing is something that I do have a great passion for, but don't really have time to do it when I'm working all the time. So it's been a really nice experience for me so far. Yeah, we've all managed to slow down somewhat, haven't we, throughout these uh, last eight weeks. For sure. So, uh, so Rachel, how about you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I can't believe it's been eight weeks in lockdown. Um, I think when you, when you talk about how quick um, it, we did actually adapt to this new normal, I suppose, um, I think I have, you know, a lot of positive thoughts about how we do adapt back to um, nursery life and being nursery managers again. Um, I don't know, this lockdown came at a strange time. Um, you know, I feel like the training that we went on in January, uh, it was in January, Kate, so it was like Thank a new you. year. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of like New Year, New Me, um, and it was, it, was, it was a very good time to have that training as well because, um, you know, we work towards such a high standard all of the time um, in, in both workplaces and in charge of, of 30 members of the team. Um, and ever since then, all I've been wishing for is time with the team with no interruptions and, and, and nothing that, that can get in the way. And for some reason, I got that. I got that through the lockdown. Um, so, and, and it was a good time for me as well. You know, as I said, that, that having those high expectations on yourself in an outstanding nursery with, with the team that look up to you. Um, and, you know, the, the start of every year, it's, 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 you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to, you know, start achieving your goals. And um, I'm one that every January I sit down and reflect and think, what do I want for myself? What do I see? And, um, and you know, some of the, the goals that I set myself this year was to, was to keep in touch with more people and um, <laughs> follow on from last year's one, which was instead of buying people gifts, I want to spend time with people. So um, honestly, by the end of March, I'd forgotten all about my New Year's resolution goals and what I wanted to do because I got so sucked into, um, it feels like, you know, uh, COVID-19 was creeping upon us slowly slowly in the nursery up until the point that we closed um and I can honestly put my hands up and say and I've said this to all of my team I cannot remember the last three weeks to a month of work um I must have been like a robot I must have been I was so sleep deprived as well um and I can't remember anything that happened I can't remember people's monthly reviews wow. I can't remember you know points in which you know big moments um for for us as a team um, and then that week that we that we locked down, um, my my boyfriend also got let go of his job for a short amount of time. I just slept. I slept for a week. Um, I slept from Tuesday till Sunday, and that was during the day, twelve hour nights, recuperated, listened to my body. And then that Monday, I got up and I said, "Okay, you know, this is going to be for a while. What what do I want to achieve for myself, and how am I going to achieve it?" Um, and you know don't get me wrong I don't have you know pressure on myself but what I have learned about myself during this lockdown is that we all do have good days and bad days um, and we can proactively you know find out those triggers that work for us and for me it's exercising for me it's you know drinking my water for me it's talking to somebody you know my friends and my best friends in Australia um, my family at home um, all of these things that I just forget about once I get back to work, um, I might just add in there. Um, but over this time, I have had those days where my body and my mind has just been like, right, I need a day on the sofa. 
been watching like Mary Kate and Ashley, Bratz movies, <laughs> all of my teenage uh, teenage movies that I used to watch. But then I get back up and I go again and I've kind of trained myself to know when that's coming and yeah. to know what I can do to proactively help myself but also to know the point where I just need like some me time. I just need to let myself be, listen to my body. And then I find that the next day I'm just ready to be me again. It's so odd. And it's happened like three times now throughout lockdown, that eight weeks. I, I don't yeah. know if I can describe it properly in words. Once a month, you need like that day just to recoup and get your head in the game. It's like the only time that Rachel and I have texted each other like, oh, I can't, I can't do it today. We usually say, come on, you can do this. We can get through the day. Now we say, it's fine. Yeah. Just relax, have a day. I was about to say, listening to you kind of both speak, I think it's quite fascinating to hear because I think some way along the line of you kind of taking care of yourself and kind of having those, having that awareness of checking in with yourself and what, what is good for you, what feels good for you. You've managed to let go, which I feel like a lot of nursery managers can't do, is let go a little bit and not, and, and I'm sure it's not the case all the time, but a little bit of the guilt and the pressure. And that actually, this is an extremely stressful and, and, and difficult time. We are under a lot of pressure, but... We've also been given an opportunity to be able to just stop and mm. yes, lots of things that we have to do when we are doing to take care of ourselves and our team and think about reopening and returning and support our families through this but it is the opportunity to not feel guilty and know what we need yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's kind of it's experimenting of where I think I think the best way to describe it is I've experimented and I found my threshold I found yeah. the point where I'm like right I just need to stop now and with a team of you know the majority are female staff as well we often carry everybody's feelings everyone's upset everyone's emotions on our shoulders yeah and as much as we have thinking showers or walks home and points in which we stop thinking about work you know it's it's just the way we are we just you know we want to look after people and we want to care for people but I think I've definitely found out like right this is my threshold and like I can't put any more on my shoulders right now I just need to either you know let go and do what will make me happier feel better or I'm going to go into that right I just need a whole day where I'm going to be in bed kind of thing and I think it's the realization that that's okay yeah before like no matter how much we would tell each other it's fine like we like you can have this day like we wouldn't let it, we wouldn't let it get, to, we wouldn't like accept it. Whereas now we're like, yeah, I'm a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can remember when we met. So at the end of the first day, I asked everyone to do happiness hour homework. Yeah. Um, everyone to have just one hour for themselves, which for some people might not sound like much, but when you work know the long hours and as you just described you're all the things for all the people you're wearing so many different hats and there's so many different um you know responsibilities that come within the role of being an early years manager that's hard sometimes to find that time to take care of you and put your needs first it's kind of like you know in order to be able to do my job role properly (laughs) even you know be healthy myself i need to take care of myself Mm. yeah yeah I think I think that's 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 right and those happiness hours have been revolutionary <laughs> yeah. you carried them on didn't you I know like we've kept in touch you tell me yeah. you 
something that you've prioritized so you know it was just a lot of times I talk to people about we've forgotten because we're so busy the things that make us feel good the things that make us happy hobbies connecting with friends all sorts of things have kind of fallen away from our lives because we're too busy for them and that's a great shame isn't it yes on our our tough days that we speak to each other you know we used to try and find the solution for each other but now we just say you know why don't you go and have a happiness hour or have you had your happiness hour today because Mm -hmm. like the realization that we don't always have the answers for each other but like reminding each other to you know have that hour where you're not Rachel the manager you're Rachel the person or you know Francesca the person and to remember what makes you happy and helps you wind down has been yeah like really important and even during this time you're not doing like your normal job but I still try and find an hour of the day to just be by myself and Mm -hmm. do something that I love because you know Ollie my fiance and I were living in our one bedroom flat you know we see each other 24 hours a day like we sometimes need an hour where we're not in the same room or like yesterday night was a rare occasion where we both wanted to watch something different on the TV. So he sat in the lounge and I sat in the bedroom. Like that would never happen on a normal occasion because yeah. I'd say, oh, well, watch what you want. And I was like, no, I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, perfectly healthy, isn't it? I think listening to yeah. you and, and, and listening to what kind of Rachel was saying previously, actually thinking about how much, how busy our daily lives are usually, how much has been going on. So it's not like, you know, at the moment, it's almost we're allowed to not be okay. So it seems more acceptable than normal. Whereas normal, normally we feel like we've always kind of got to be okay. And a lot of times we say things like, well, why are you feeling like this? Why is this happening? And it's not, why is this going on? It's like, what has been going on for you? And you both just kind of describing that through our initial conversations. Actually, a lot has been going on for both of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think we were, we were talking before we before we started recording, we were, you know, we started talking. I was like, oh, this will be good. People need to hear me <laughs> having now. So I think something that's really powerful that I've been speaking about recently is, you know, we're only human. And sometimes I think as managers and leaders, we have this, we've put ourselves under this ridiculous amount of pressure where we, we, we must always know the answer or we must always behave in the right way. And actually, we're not superhuman. We will make mistakes. It's okay to not know stuff. It's okay to try again another day. And I think through some of the conversations that I've been having with you, like via email and stuff, um, it was kind of around, um, you know, you're human too. And you've shown that human side to your teams. But for me, what that kind of translates to is that, um, you know, emotionally intelligent and compassionate leadership. Um, so mm-hmm. like, before we, we kind of started recording, we were talking about how you've been keeping in touch with your teams. Yep. Um, and we were kind of saying how actually, you know, we're going into each other's houses now. <laughs> like, seeing each other's houses, we're having a little nose at how tidy the kitchen is or what the bedroom decoration looks like. Um, and it's really, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it is quite fascinating, isn't it? And, but what it's showing everyone is that it works both ways. We're, we're human, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've definitely felt like as a nursery manager like that days where I want to cry at the nursery like I can't because if they see me cry they'll know that something's wrong and like no that can't happen but 
like during this time you know we've had you know calls with the staff members who are really upset and you know crying along with them is or like being angry along with them is actually the best thing because it shows them that you know what they're feeling is fine and like we feel it too like it's been a really inspirational like time mm -hmm. getting to know them personally like in their in their space that they're probably most comfortable in as well and you know asking them are you okay and actually meaning like are you okay is mm -hmm. like one of the most um interesting things that I've I've done in this time and for them to ask back as well because some majority of the time they don't they just take from you and then that's it but then this time they're like and how are you and mm. the first time it happened to me I was like um <laughs> yeah I'm fine like and then it was like no like how's Ollie who's my fiance like they wanted to know about me as well and I think it's really opened up another level of managing them because they, they also have now that personal connection to you. They've seen you in your home. They know that they trust you. They actually know that we're invested, but not just because we're doing this for our job. Like we're furloughed. We technically don't have to do this, but we want to. And that's been like a really, really, really good thing, I think, for, for me personally. Mm. I think it's been the same as well. And I know since, you know, since January, Fran and I have done a lot of work on like a wellbeing programme to... Um, reviewing our well-being policy um, and action plan as well um, and unfortunately we released it just it was mid-February when we released it in the nursery yeah. um, and then we had what we had well-being week I think in March we had landed, um, bring yourself to work day, yourself to work day. yes we celebrated that which was the week before um, we we nearly closed the nursery um, and I remember being so frustrated because you know, I had this plan that we had released the program, the action plan, you know, everyone was really on board. We had started like giving them different challenges to do like acts of kindness or, um, you know, can you take 10 minutes this week to meditate, challenge them to do their happy hours. And I was so frustrated that week because COVID-19 came and all of these policies needed to be reviewed. And I was so busy, but I still, I was so, um, determined to still bring the staff I'd, all I wanted to do was take them out of the nursery and say you've got me for half an hour we can go for a coffee we can go for a walk we can get a smoothie we can do whatever you want to do some of us just walk around the block like 10 yeah. times um, <laughs> let loads of parents on the way you know there's always going to be distractions but I remember the end of that week um, and Anthony the owner of, of, of our nurseries will hear will say to anybody at any point the only two things that my managers are always in my ear about is we need more time with our team and when lockdown happened I was like this is it you know in my work goals one of the things is I want this well-being policy to you know really accelerate and be embedded and the team to feel supported um and then lockdown came and now like I've, I've spent time with the newest members of staff the oldest members of staff we have just like a key group every week that we check in with them um and you know those new new members of staff that i genuinely can't remember doing their induction because it was before we closed I've now spent three hours with them, non-interrupted, in my home, no makeup on. <laughs> and it's me for me, you know, they don't see me as that like really busy, probably stressed manager. So it's just been incredible. And those those people that, you know, we already worked with, we already did have things in place before we went on this training. Um, they have somehow 
bought into our I feel like they've bought into our well-being and our um, mental health as well because during this time especially those people that we've invested in I've noticed that they've just kept in contact they've shared you know some of them have got like this habit app where you're ticking off that you've had your water you've had your fruit you've you know written down your three points of gratitude for today and they want us to get involved as well because they probably know that you know, two managers who are always so busy and want the best for themselves and for everyone, they probably know that like just losing our routine would just really affect us. So in a way, it's created this circle of support amongst our team supporting us equally as us supporting them. It's yeah. it's yeah incredible. It's really interesting hearing you speak because I, I my I've got a daughter who's 14 and um, what I've kind of said is that one of the biggest things I've shown her during this time is that um, it's okay to get things wrong and say sorry because I haven't been a perfect parent. Um, you know, I've had times when I've felt stressed out. You know, I might have sworn a couple of times. Um, <laughs> things have gone on. But, you know, and so I've been able to have these conversations with her. And what is my, what my, what I wrote down as you kind of were speaking is, you know, being an early years manager is a bit like being a parent. Oh, um, yeah. In some, ways, in some ways, as a parent, it's expected of you. My daughter always expects me to, to be there and be that caregiver. You know, it's my responsibility to make sure she's got a roof over her head and that she's got everything she needs to, to you know, to be able to you know go about her life and as a as a as a manager you need to make sure that that you know you have got that roof over your team and that they've got everything they need from you all the skills support training you know everything that they need and sometimes that's a bit of a given it's a bit taken for granted not through through the wrongdoing of anyone just because that's your job role and that's what's expected of you and i think sometimes that's where we can when we try to you know, be this perfect manager, be this perfect person for our teams, eventually we'll start to feel resentment if we haven't got other things right. Because like you said, Francesca, you want someone to ask that you're okay. Yeah. It's constantly, sometimes you feel like you say, like with your, like I say with my daughter, you know, it's take, take, take. But actually that is kind of what's expected. But the other thing is that, and I've already talked about this already, it's developed my daughter's, you know, emotional intelligence, her emotional literacy. She'll say things like, mom, you know, we're not all ourselves right now. It's okay. <laughs> I know, yeah, she's amazing. And, and I'm like, you're right, actually, I'm not myself today. But what this is doing with our teams, it's, it's creating those authentic relationships, isn't it? We've developed yeah. that for each other. You've created that empathy within your team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think for the um, the staff like Rachel chatted about that were already invested, probably felt really reassured that during this time we would support them because you know they they might not have gone through this type of thing with us before, but they they've probably gone through things where we've supported them inside of the workplace, but also like outside if we've had to. But like for the newer members of staff, they were probably thinking like, what the hell is going to happen to me? Like am I going to get like am I going to go back to this job that I've only worked with for like two or three weeks but I've made a point of you know even if it's you know just texting them to say like how are you or whatever um I've made a point of sending each staff member a little thank you card just to say you know like I'm really proud of you all like thank you for all your support and you know they say things like why are you doing this like you're so like 
well, how have you thought of that? And I was like, well, that's what I'd want from someone. So like, I want to give that back to them. And like, we do get that back now. Like we get the texts that say like, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Like we really appreciate like working for you. Like I've got friends who, you know, their nurseries have shut and they haven't even called them once or, you know, mm. whereas we're trying to <laughs> call them every week and they're like, leave me alone. I don't need to talk to you anymore. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's been eye-opening to see the people who don't usually actually reach out and say thank you or want help to reach out and say like we really appreciate you and it just shows how like it does spread around to everyone it just affects people in a different way I guess. Absolutely and I think interesting kind of hearing you speak because one of the reasons why I thought it would be helpful for people to kind of hear from your perspective is that what I gathered from our conversations when we met was that you had done such a lot of work to support staff with their well-being, um, within their roles, within their workplaces. And so for those staff that maybe had issues in the workplace, you um, had, you know, done so much to support them. But the reason I mention it in this context is I think what we've seen over this time is some people have felt... Um, upset or despondent that members of staff haven't wanted to reciprocate and join calls or zoom or whatever but you know that's okay that's okay if you don't want to do that but I think those teams that had invested so much on that well-being within the workplace um, as as part of its everyday practice right from when they started through induction through supervision through appraisal through how they were kind of nurtured and supported to do the best they can. It's those teams that are coming into their own now because mm -hmm. we're not getting offended or resentful. If or if you don't want to join in, say that's fine, but I'm here if you need me type thing. Yeah, we've mm -hmm. had a few staff members who, if we say, you know, like we're due to have a you know wellbeing call just to check in with you, they've said like, oh, I'm fine this week. Can I have it next week? Like, yeah, fine. Just hearing that you're okay is all that I needed like to to make sure like I would have been more worried if they didn't respond or um mm -hmm. but you know some people have busier lives probably now than they did when they were working because they're at home with their three kids like mm -hmm. yeah if you don't want to take an hour out of your day to talk to me fair enough you've got, <laughs> you've got enough on your hands hasn't this taught us all that you know you know there's that saying we don't know what goes on behind closed doors <laughs> don't yep. know what's going on for somebody and especially in early years, we don't get five minutes to have a conversation about what we did at the weekend or what's going on. And now we're actually having a glimpse of behind those closed doors. And what we're learning from each other is actually every, every I've sp spoken to so many people throughout this lockdown and so many people are in so many different positions. I don't yeah. think there's one person that I've spoken to is who isn't, you know, who's in the same position. Everyone is navigating something tricky or difficult. And yeah. so it gives us that compassion, I think, to be like, wow, okay. You know, yeah. we've got it a bit worse at the moment. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think, you know, we I've learned so much about the team, uh, even like, you know, their their religions, their cultures, um, their families, um, you know, what their living conditions are, you know, yeah. some 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 um some of the team, their partners have lost their jobs. 
Um, you know, some people like, you know, poor Francesca has had to postpone her wedding as well. Um, you know, we've had babies in the teens throughout this time. And, you know, you just kind of think, wow, like, you know, everybody is fighting their own battle right now. Um, and even, you know, we, we, it's a common thing we do is we compare our lives all the time to other people, but you just do not know what's going on like for somebody else. And although somebody, you know, might've had, uh, you know, a very happy, healthy child, you know, the fact that they're, you know, her mom or her, you know, she can share that with like her family, like, people look at it and they're like, oh my God, she's so lucky. She's had a baby. It's happy, healthy. Like we're really happy. Yeah. But what about what she's feeling? Like she can't see her mom who like was going to guide her out through this time. And she depended on that. And, you know, we just, we really don't know. And yeah, I think, you know, Francesca made a good point, you know, not everyone wants a video call. Um, you know, some people prefer a voice call with some people. We've just sent a text with some people have had voice notes. Um, some people, everyone's dealing with this differently. Some, you know, some of the girls get really artistic and drawing, colouring. Some people are enjoying their time with Netflix and, and things like that. We're all different, but, you know, behind everybody, everybody is, you know, fighting a battle at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, with our team as well, we've got things like 87% of our team is international. Yeah. You know, they haven't seen their family since Christmas. Some of them are from like the worst affected, you know, countries as well, like Spain, Italy. Um, and, you know, myself as well. And, you know, Fran lives away from her parents. You know, we live, some of us live in different countries. And you also have that like anxiety around when are we going to see them again? When you've got so many questions and everyone just has their own different you know, I don't know what's going on in, in somebody's family's life who live in a different country either. There's so much fear and anxiety. And, you know, I think this has brought us like what we've what we formed is, you know, our monkey puzzle hybrid angel family. Yeah, and this sure. is our work family. Um, mm -hmm. This is the family that we've gone through this lockdown with together. And I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say, I will never, ever, ever forget. Or yeah. I will stop keeping in touch with these group of people it's so easy to lose touch with people but I am I've already written it down I'm going to make it a promise to myself that this is the team that we went through like a pandemic with and this is you know these people are going to be so special to me from from here on forward we always say you remember the people that you shared memories with like Rachel and I could probably name every staff member from our team that was at on the day that we had Ofsted because the day that is like imprinted on you like you know and this team I will remember every single one of them and I think one of the things going when we go back to work is that you know sometimes you lose your patience with people because you're like oh what's going on with them like they're not telling me now I'll be able to have like little snip bits of information and be like I wonder if that's going on because that was happening in lockdown I wonder mm -hmm. how that is and it I hope that it opens up a lot more doors for people that were a little bit guarded before because they probably thought, oh, they're just doing it because it's their, their job. Whereas now, like, going back, they'll be like, oh, no, they actually care about us. Like, yeah, we, we actually care about you and we want to like, help you. So if you are having a bad day, come and tell us because we can help you. Like, we, we, want to, we want to help you. I think one of the things I've talked about is that and I said, to begin with, I, I said, oh, you know, we will remember how we were treated um, by our employers, um, how we were, 
you know, taken care of, respected and valued throughout this time. And I've also said, you know, we'll remember who we were with and how we connected, which is summing up what you're saying. But what I also then added was, but what we will also remember is how we responded. You know, so, you know, if we felt like we could have, you know, maybe done more or we, you know, I think it works both ways because lots of times, especially between managers and leaders and their teams, as we've already said, sometimes it can feel one way. And so from the teams, it's like, how did they respond to this? And, you know, well, you'll remember how you, when everything settled down, you'll remember how you reciprocated somebody's connection or how somebody thought of you or, because, you know, ultimately we, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be listened to, don't we? And it's trying to be able to, to really create that um, support mm -hmm. system, I suppose. Um, what we were going to talk about today and we haven't got to it. So I think that would be really great to discuss on another podcast, if you would both agree, is that I know you have a number of your teams that have mental health issues. And I really felt it was uh, really powerful to hear how you supported your teams, how they were, they felt comfortable to be so open and honest um, with you. And so I think if you are agreeable on another occasion, we'll yes, of course, we'd love to. Yeah, another podcast so we can talk that through because. Um, and just before we finish, I think, I suppose, summing up then how you've been speaking to your staff, there is, I mean, I went shopping for the first time the other day. I hadn't been out of the house really for about four or five weeks because I broke my big toe, <laughs> which is so ashamed, you know, I feel so um, ashamed that that is what I managed to do in lockdown. But anyway, <laughs> I've got over it. But my, my point being that, I, I felt worried to go to the supermarket. I was nervous to go out. And so how are you supporting your teams at the moment with their worries and uncertainty? Because now we know the 1st of June is potentially when nurseries are going to reopen. And that's all really uncertain. And I think a lot of what I've tried to talk about over the last few days since that was announced is, you know, where we focus our attention and our energy will make a massive difference. And yes, there are things that aren't perfect and that are worrying, but to be able to get through this situation, we've got to be able to um, problem solve and seek for solutions. And, mm -hmm. you know, our mindset is going to be a really big part of that. So how are you supporting your teams to begin to think about returning to work? Um, I think during... Well, I know for us, with because we've been speaking to the team, you know, with their well-being check-ins and the weekly um, points. Ever since the announcement, we've, you know, asked them, you know, the first of June, we're going to probably prepare to go back. At the moment, we've no idea what that looks like because we don't know how many children we're going to have. We don't know how many staff members are going to be available to come back. Um, you know, the operation and the and the logistics is is you know yet to be, um, I suppose, put in um, procedures and policies and you know to be figured out. I suppose about how it can work. Um, the general consensus is um, because I think it's an international team as well. A lot of um, the team members just are looking forward to getting back. Um, their anxieties are more around how they're going to get there because we're in London. So the majority of us 
get public transport. Um, but during this time, we've been um, on the ball with ordering PPE equipment and shields and um, face masks and gloves so that if the team do have to get public transport for any reason, or if they're getting taxis or, you know, just to make their, their um, journeys to work more safe, I suppose. Um, but the general, the general consensus amongst, um, well, Team Highbury anyways, is that they, I think before we, before we closed, we spent a whole week where the country was starting to shut down slowly but surely. Um, but we entered a world of, we went to nursery, we were with the children and with our teammates all day um, and at the time it was you know it was a very uh, very big it was in Italy and Spain they were you know really struggling and the numbers were getting high and we've got a lot of Italian and, and Spanish staff um, and it was kind of like we escaped what was going on outside because we came in our doors and you know we all know children are the best medicine they're the best medicine for well-being for you know making us all feel good and happy and they just take you away from you know what's actually going on so we we escaped the world to come into work to be with each other to support each other and to just enjoy our time with the children as well um and then it was so weird like when we were locking up that evening we were walking out and we were like oh god you know it's covid is here you know there's people you know we were traveling to work differently and, and life had changed so you know i think about how quick it took for me personally who's a very routine person and you know need my plans to adapt to lockdown, it took me three to four days. Um, so if that's how quick we can we can adapt to new situations or at least start to get back into situations, um, I feel I feel positive about it. I feel like I've had you know my time, a good time with the team. I've you know my family is safe. I'm safe. You know everyone around me is safe. So if we can just continue ensuring the safety of of us adults, the staff, the children. Um, you know that'll that'll I suppose drive us to with our new ways of working as well yeah I think what I, I would add there just before I come to you Francesca is I think that's a really good point that you're making look how well we adjusted to what happened look how well we have adjusted to this new kind of normal it wasn't easy it's been a little bit scary there's been highs and lows but we're doing okay for the most part. So give ourselves some credit. Be kind to each other. Give ourselves <laughs> I'm just yourself on the back. Give ourselves a little high five. We have we are navigating our way through a pandemic and we've managed to adjust and look at how we've adjusted, how we've come together, how we've supported each other, families, children, all sorts of ways. So that's what I took from what you were saying then. Just look how well we've adjusted so far. Um, and mm. I would apply that. I say this all the time, but don't believe everything that we think. Sometimes we think things and we think it's a fact. So like me going shopping, I was terrified. I got in the car, Beyonce came on, the sun was shining. I had my sunglasses on and I thought, I forgot how much I enjoy this. <laughs> so I think it's that, isn't it? What can we do? So Francesca, what would you add about how, how you can begin to support your staff as we think about returning? Yeah, I think... Team Angel is a little bit more, um, I don't know how to, like there's a lot of older people in my team, so they've got their own children. Right. So there's a little bit more of anxiety more coming across. Um, but I have just tried to reassure them and mm -hmm. say things like, look how we looked after you during the pandemic, like that will continue. Like we will never ever ever put you in danger like we're here one of our priorities is to make sure you're safe 
and you're happy like I will never let like your safety like be in jeopardy like you know that's our main priority we just want you to you know come back to your safe place because the nursery for a lot of people like Rachel said is their home yeah I think I think we yeah we wrote that in an article that we wrote for you that the mantra that we create is like inside the nursery is your safe space and that's how it will be and it will always be so even after this pandemic like the nursery will be safe for you if we're saying we can open we will make it as mm. safe as possible for you and try and create an environment that you know erases all your anxiety or if you do have anxiety to get them out to someone and we reassure you that you know these things are okay to be anxious about but this is what we're doing to try and you know reduce reduce that anxiety i actually listened to um it was like a webinar today from a company called family yeah they are um, a software company and we use them and they've um one of the things they said is about giving your staff like a mindfulness hour so like an hour for them to cry to you know be angry or you know get all of their feelings out to someone who will listen and say it's okay for you to feel this way this is what we're going to do to help you this is how we're going to move forward and that's kind of what we already do but making it like more of a priority so you know the staff know that they can come to work and do their job which is to love the children and look after the children not come to work and be anxious about cleaning or (laughs) all of the other things that are probably on their mind so yeah I mean there's an old saying that you know go to work and leave your problems at the door but I think it's impossible to do that. Yeah. How can you do? How can you? If you've got all these really big things going on for you, the mm-hmm. scary emotions, you can't. What you really need is someone to just listen to them, to feel them, allow yourself to experience them. And I think that's good advice. You know, not yeah. Just try to reassure them as much as I can. Like you know, even with things like you know, this is a work in progress. Like we're not saying this is how it's going to be like we don't have any idea what the road ahead of us is going to look like but one thing 100% will be that we will look after you like we're not going to say get on a tube if like we don't have a way of protecting you we're saying yes we'd like you to get on the tube and here is protective clothing or a face mask and a you know alternative kind I of really thing, love so. that I really love how you talk about look how we looked after you then like look, look how we've looked after you and taken care of you in the last yeah. weeks, how you've been furloughed and supported and all the things that we've done. Um, mm-hmm. Trust us now, trust us yeah. as we're to, to navigate reopening and what that will look like. I think that's yeah. really I, I think what you said about, because we'd already built that trust, Yeah, they kind of just let us go with it and whatever we said, they trusted us. And yeah. there was a lot of times where staff members would challenge me and I'd be like yes but and I don't usually like the word but but it was because they just needed that reassurance it was things like but we're coming to nursery and like you know we're putting ourselves at risk and I'd say things like yeah but we're testing every child that comes in the nursery and you know no child can come in if they've got a temperature we wouldn't put you at risk and then they'd say things like oh yeah you're right like and you you sometimes you have to shove it in their face like remember this is what we're doing like we, yeah, we love you like <laughs> it's a bit you know it's like change isn't it as long as change is well communicated and we will we all understand it so 
any change is scary and you know this is also uncertain for everybody so what we're saying is these are the things that we've put in place this is why we've done them um, because of these and these reasons so is there anything else you feel like we could do tell me how you're feeling it's that mm. kind of reciprocal relationship but yeah, and we, we tried to include the team in everything yeah. that we've decided because as much as obviously our owners have to make the decisions, I think it's important that they hear the staff's opinions. And sometimes they're like the, you know, like they have a, they have um, an opinion, but the staff's is another opinion that they might not have thought of. So making sure that voice is heard because I don't, would never want them to think we make decisions without listening to them. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, they're the ones like Rachel said that make the magic. So, you know, making sure they're heard and that they feel like we, as their managers are putting that point across and you know yeah. supporting them is really important well it's been so fascinating to talk to you i've written down and scribbled so many things about what you've said and i think for me the big takeaways are like you know look how we've adjusted look how well we've got through this situation and also that that final comment on like, look how well we've looked after each other and i think they're really positive um you know statements and beliefs you know that probably bring together you know core values really of you know of trust and respect and dignity um so i've really enjoyed talking to you both and i know i'm going to um pester you to record another one soon um, if people have enjoyed listening to Francesca and Rachel, then you can take a look at uh, Early Years Wellbeing Week uh, magazine from April, where they shared an article for us. And also for um, Mental Health Awareness Week, we have some articles coming up from both of you on supporting your team and um, a letter that Francesca wrote to my future self, which I think will be really powerful for lots of people to hear. Um, so thank you both so much for your time. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us, Case. Enjoy the rest of your lockdown day. And, and I will look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Case. Thank Bye, you. Guys. Thanks.